Welcome, welcome to the Achievement Hunting 101 podcast, the podcast that always encourages you to brush your teeth three times a day. I'm your host, Rocker Dude, and today we bring you our review raid without the echo button. Oh, the aim of today's show is to let you know about a bunch of games we've been playing with the hopes of providing less reviews more frequently, if you can wrap your brain around that sentence. Uh, but first, some pleasantries. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he holds the 11th spot in gamer score for the great state of Tennessee, but first place in my heart. <laughs> my possum-loving brother from another mother, Elroy omj oh yeah that was too awesome and i appreciate that number t- 11 oh my goodness i'm gonna 11. make that top 10 before you know it yep you can do it i believe in you oh, man. next is the wonder boy himself his name is six syllables long foo cuddly poof what's up how's it going good good all right now joining us tonight for the first time in history, is the man, not the Japanese women's fashion store on Etsy, Kronos. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Good evening, everyone. All right. And we have a number one with us, folks. Number one on the Z to Z chat leaderboard. <laughs> L, big L. How you doing, buddy? Oh, wow. I'm number one at something? Usually you just tell me I'm number one by way of middle finger but i'm glad to be here that's funny i was just about to say that's number one (laughs) we're glad you're here too we're glad you're here too if people don't know we weren't going to be joined by ellen our next host because of a baseball game or something or other but luckily for us it rained (laughs) so we all win all right last but not least is the inspiration for hashtag Pax Bell. It's (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good day, afternoon, or evening, everyone. And how are you doing, Rocker Dude? You ready for this? I'm pumped for this review raid. All right, so uh, I already said that we're going to be talking about a bunch of games we've been playing. Uh, Some will be quick, some will be a little bit longer, but we want to tell you how the game plays, our hot takes on the achievement list to let you know if you should be looking for them or just grab them up right now. So we will get started here. The games on the docket for tonight, bearing we don't go super duper long, are Road to Ballhalla, Brawl Out, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Super Dungeon Tactics. Uh, this one is called Airheart Tales of a Broken or just Tales of Broken Wings, multiple wings there, Socketeer, Tetra's Escape. Uh, this one is Drunk Food, Wasted Master, Drunk Food. Is that right? Drunk Food, Wasted Masters. Other way. way. Drunk Food, Wasted Masters. Mm-hmm. And then ending this lovely raid is Coffee Crisis. Yes. So, yes, that, that one is one that we all have a little bit of experience in and uh, we are ready to talk about. So there are going to be timestamps for all of these games in the show notes if you want to skip around to one that might interest you more. But I can tell you right now, we all agree, you should just listen to the whole thing because it's going to be great. We promise to be entertaining. We do promise that. <laughs> Even Fufu. Uh, that's right. 
So starting us off is none other than moi. So road to ball holla, everybody. That's right. Holla if you hear me. This is a game developed by Torched Hill. It came out August 1st, and currently it's $14.99. And it's classified as a puzzle game, but ultimately this game is like marble madness that I can remember. I didn't play it as much as some people, but basically you're a ball. And your mission is to get to Ball Hollow, right? You're you're so, actually a blue ball. You're, you're, <laughs> important, important. You, you, you uh, can important note. you can change the, the the style of the ball. Oh. I'll let you know that. <laughs> uh, you don't always have to have a blue ball. <laughs> you can remedy that. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, you, you have different levels, and you roll, and the objective is to get from. Point A, your starting point to point B, the hole at the end of the level. And obviously, as you traverse this game, levels get harder, obstacles are introduced. Uh, but one thing is the same is that on the levels, there are collectibles and getting the collectibles and also not dying a certain amount of times will get you uh, different metals. Like you get, you know, two, three or four or five, something like that uh, per level based on how well you do. And that collection is what allows you to progress further into the game, into the different uh, worlds, if you will. Now, where this game excels on this basic concept of rolling a ball into a hole is that it's a little bit challenging, but with patience, you will get through the levels and you'll learn the different obstacles that are presented to you. And the game does this in a very fun way. Uh, with this floor text that pops up as you roll over a certain area. And not only is it informative, it's super funny. This It has puns and it has humor. And this can be found throughout the game, in the menus, on the hub worlds, everywhere. It's just, it's a funny game. It, and It, it, uh, it likes to mess to with you too. Like it, uh, it, it it'll just like send you off the cliff and be like, ha, I got you. And That's right. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorite parts was uh, you had to uh, mimic a CAPTCHA, you know, one yeah. of those internet things to make sure <laughs> yeah. you're not a human or, or a robot. And it, you could skip it, and it was like it killed you immediately. He was like, you're really going to skip this? Here's the answer to the thing. It was just – it was funny. And uh, one, so the achievement list for it is probably what you would expect. You have to finish a lot of the levels. They call them trials because – these are trials to get to, you know, Valhalla, Valhalla. <laughs> and uh, so so there's there's that for finishing the level. There's obviously achievements for getting these the tokens and the, the stars for, you know, doing well. And then there's, uh, there's a few, uh, very few miscellaneous uh, achievements. Uh, most of them are going to be from your time trials and just beating, doing, doing well in the game. Uh, but one of my favorite achievements that uh, isn't necessarily you know, standard is one called do not enter. And the text is pretty simple. Uh, you didn't listen to the narrator and <laughs> you'll, you'll see it. You won't be able to miss it. In one of the hub worlds, there's a hole and it says, do not enter or do not go in or something like to that extent. And I'll just give you a hint. Just keep going in it. It's, it's fun. <laughs> so, uh, th- so yeah, so that's Ballhalla road to Ballhalla. $15. That price point is a little bit 
much for me for how simplistic of a game it is. It is a good game, but uh, at full price, I would probably wait uh, for a sale. Definitely think you should pick it up. Um, you know, there's that skill level involved, but it's a, it's a fun game. I, I I really enjoyed it. What rating would you give it? Uh, what's my scale? Out of out five. Out of five. Out of five. I I would rate it a, a solid three out of five. Yeah, that's not bad. So. Yeah. It's a it's a good game. Yeah, I mean, it's a good game. Three balls, yeah. three three balls out of five <laughs> balls. <laughs> three three blue balls out of five blue balls. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, road to Valhalla. Valhalla. That was that was fun. All right. So okay. next up is Brawl Out. Take it away, L. Yet. It's <laughs> <laughs> my government name. Oh, Brawl Out was provided to us by Angry Mob Games. They're very angry. Uh, this game was originally out on the Switch a couple months ago, but now it's out on Xbox One and PlayStation 4, if you play that other thing. Um, it is a Super Smash Brothers clone. Let's call it what it is. But So it's good. But it does have some original fighters in it, and mostly animals, all different kinds of animals. Um, the coolest thing are the cameo characters. There's Drifter from Hyper Light Drifter, Ukulele from Ukulele, and Juan from Guacamele. And there's daily logins and coins and ways to unlock more characters and such. But... This game was meant to be played, in my opinion, in four-player local multiplayer. And Michelle and I played it with several different people, mm -hmm. including her brother and my son. And we had a blast. We had a very good time. Um, it has a price point of $19.99, which I think is actually very reasonable. Um, the best thing about this game, achievement-wise is any profile logged in it keeps track of that information for that person's profile so for example michelle was over and signing in as herself and everything she did was attaches to her profile so once you sign me out and, and sign her in she would get all of her awards and stuff for playing and it was awesome and achievements count for everybody did you have some thoughts on it michelle I, I get a turn. That's exciting. All right, cool. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the game, um, too. That you basically covered everything. Um, you did mention at the beginning that it's something of a Smash Brothers clone, and this is accurate. It's completely accurate. So if you've played Smash Brothers, you know that it's sort of like a very introductory fighting game. All the moves are very basic. You're not dealing with quarter circles back and quarter circles forward and BA. You know, there's none of that. It's all direction and one button. So it keeps it pretty basic. One thing that it misses very notably against Smash Brothers, though, is power-ups. There are no items in the game. And if you've played Smash Brothers, I assume most of us have played Smash Brothers. I know Fu said something oh, yes. immediately. So, <laughs> um, If you've played Smash Brothers, you know that the items are the great equalizer. So you can be doing awful and you get the right item and then you're good to go. And there's, there's none of that in Brawl Out, which is neither a positive or a negative. It's just a thing to know. But everything else is the same. It's got the same kind of uh, power meter. So you're trying to build it up and the 
further up the meter goes, the more likely you are to get knocked off. Each character has a way to extend their reach to try to get back to a platform before they get knocked off. You can play timed battles. You can play battles where you have a stock of characters as well and game modes that involve both. The game also does have a single player mode, which in the interest of full disclosure, we did not step into. Um, and in looking at the achievement list, there is a achievement in the game for beating the arcade tower on hard mode without losing any stock that no one has unlocked yet. And the common thinking, if you go into forums and such like that, is that this is practically impossible to do. So who knows if that's something that might get changed in the future, or if there's just a secret or a workaround, or if someone hasn't figured out the right sort of cheese move you can do to get through that with no major issue. Um, mm, <laughs> one other thing that's um, important to note about the list. So the game, uh, I think, defaults with something like eight or ten characters available, and there are multiple ways to unlock other characters. Um, I believe each character has one achievement, at least, that's attached to using their special abilities. So this is helpful in encouraging a gamer score hunter to actually get in and try each character. Now, you do kind of want to pick a character you stick with because each character has leveling that's specific to that character. So as you play, that character gets to level up and you eventually unlock pinatas, which unlock different aesthetic um, helps you. They don't help you be, uh, you know, have better armor or defense but just that you can unlock taunts and other things. Now, I know, Elle, you had mentioned that there's the game is $19.99, which really is a fair price, especially if you have people you can play with locally. But there's also a $29.99 like, deluxe edition that comes with a couple of other um, taunts available. It comes with some exclusive gear, different skins, but it, it really doesn't seem to have a whole lot different other than those aesthetics. So it's sticking with the $19.99 version will be good. There's also tournaments in the game, which is another thing, again, in the interest of full disclosure, we did not explore, but these are weekly tournaments where people can sign in and uh, take on other gamers. There's, I think, automatic streaming options. Do you remember that, L? Like you can see, you can go in and look at yes. other players' games as they're going live. So that's that kind of a cool a way to interact with the community as well. So it's it's really a very well-developed game. It is completely and of course you a Smash can, Brothers clone. Though. And you can fight online too, which is, I don't think mm -hmm. we mentioned, so... Right. Um, many co-op games or many uh, multiplayer games in the idea at Xbox sphere are couch co-op only. And as El touched on earlier, uh, local, uh, I'm sorry, host only achievements. This game does, doesn't ascribe uh, to either of those. You can play online, you can play local, and every profile logged in gets achievements and retains their own information. So that stuff is awesome. So if you have other gamers in your house, everyone has the benefit of keeping their own information. So this one's a pretty easy recommendation but if you're expecting smash brothers it's it's not quite that but it's it's still very fun in its own right doesn't look like a very easy or quick completion right i'm looking at one achievement in particular uh which there's one two three four five achievements that nobody's unlocked right and that's what i was discussing earlier that art that tower mode um yeah there's where... that and then the the level masteries uh but you know, quote unquote, the hardest one so far that's been unlocked is win 200 1v1 online matches. Oof. That's a heck of a boost. I think I saw Carnage knocking that one out one day when he was. There are two around. tracked gamers with that achievement, and Carnage, friend of the show, is one of them. All right. So, what's the TA score on that one now? That particular one is 45 gamer score. 
787 Yikes. Yikes. 17.5 <laughs> wow. ratio. Yikes. Yeah, and it, it, you know, it's not going to be easily boostable. Like, 1v1s will eventually be when the crowd dies down. There aren't a lot of tracked gamers. There's only 600 or so tracked gamers for the game. But people seem to be actively playing it, and it is enjoyable. And I, as these tournaments work their way through, maybe more people will pick up to it. I, definitely, if it hits a sale, it's it's totally worth getting. It's it's a ton of fun. I think once it reaches 10 or $15, more people will mm-hmm. take a chance on it. What would you guys rate it? Mm, I'm going to give it three and a half balls. <laughs> yeah, right, I, I would. Three and a half brawl three balls. Three and a half brawls. So I'm in the same uh, brawl park, I guess. Three and oh, a half sounds about right. Nice. <laughs> Hanging around Elroy too long. I know. <laughs> well, speaking of me, I think I'm next, Uh-oh. am I not? Yeah, yeah, guys. Wow. Guys, we have to, We can't stop. We have to We have to keep talking yes. or else uh, we're all going to explode. <laughs> okay, go, don't Elroy, stop go. talking. Everyone yes. keep going. All right, Elroy, so. I know you can take this baton and run with it. Yes, Save yes, us, yes. Elroy. Okay, so uh, Steel Crate Games, they're a friend of the show, and uh, they are selling Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, and they, the, the list price is $15, but if you mention your friend of the show, they'll sell it to you for $14.99, and it was available <laughs> on August 17th, and so it's still got that new game smell on it, but uh, this is a video game makeover of a board game. I never played it, but that's according to their website. And uh, they won all kinds of PAX awards in 2015, including Best of PAX, according to Destructoid and Tech Raptor, which is an awesome name. And We should go to PAX. <laughs> well, it also won the PAX editor's pick in 2015, according to Pixel Ken. Now, it's funny you mentioned that, Bray Rocker, because as impressive as all that is, it is not nearly as impressive as all the awards the Amazing Achievement Panel, Matriarch, and I were going to do at PAX South in January would have won <laughs> if Matriarch hadn't, well, you know, bailed on the project. Hashtag. Hashtag PAX bail. Yeah. Hashtag PAX Begin. Hashtag PAX Copolix. Right. <laughs> so what were we talking about? Oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, we better not stop. So no, but no one wants to explode. So. Keep talking and nobody explodes. It's a game about disarming bombs. And that's the feel-good theme of, of the year. But isn't just what it looks like. You will like her not just for the looks of the game, but for her explosive personality. So how does one play this game? Well, there's a manual that you have to, uh, to get. And someone in another room has to describe what they... Or you describe to someone in another room what you see. Uh, it's a series of puzzles, and they're all look kind of the same, so you have to be very specific. And so the specific person in a different room uh, is assisting you in disarming it. Now, if time runs up, you blow up. If you cut the wrong wires, press the wrong buttons, or do anything else wrong, you blow up. If you get it right, you and said partner win. And then you... Presumably blow up a fist bump in attempts to be cool. But a couple of thoughts as I played this game. Now, firstly, I am a civilian. I have never served. So thank you for your non-service, Elroy. But I had no idea that the war on terror was so frustrating. Now, it's no wonder that we've been fighting it for almost 20 years. It's because of all these damn complicated bomb manuals everywhere. 
Now, I'm not sure why terrorists and Unabombers or any other bomb-making individuals make such documentation as to how to dismantle their creations, but it's a good thing that they do. Now, I don't understand why they write these manuals in such a complicated manner, such as if there are no yellow wires and the last digit of the serial number is odd, cut the third wire. Otherwise, if there is exactly one yellow wire and there is more than one white wire, cut the fourth wire. Otherwise, blah, 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 blah. Now, here's an idea for all these jihadists and friends and and family. Why not put like a solid model number on these bombs? Provide some uniformity, and then the manual could be read easily. Like, put model A1A, Beachfront Avenue, cut the second wire, and push the big button. Done. You're welcome. Now, here's another idea. If you don't want people to disarm your bombs, don't make a manual. Now, <laughs> second thought. I thought, man, I am a lonely man. I need some friends. And as I sat there all alone, reading a manual on my laptop and comparing it to the screen on the TV, I couldn't help but to have the realization that this is not how this game was designed to be played. (laughs) It is Now, it's not more of a bastardization of gameplay as the Jackbox Party games with a laptop that has 20 tabs open, but I could still see where one would enjoy this game theoretically more if... It was played the way it was supposed to, and that involves other people, which involves social interaction, and ain't nobody got time for that. Now, the game features a free play mode and a story mode of sorts. There honestly isn't much difference between the two, other than in the free play mode, you can manipulate things to get a couple of the achievements faster, rather than doing them in the progressive gameplay that slowly introduces you to the new puzzles on the bomb. In free play, you can max out the clock, max out the puzzles on the bombs, and work towards a specific set of a 550 gamer score, including the 100 gamer score for the achievement called Experience is the Best Teacher, which is a lie. X the hero is. <laughs> Hashtag shreds you. <laughs> now, 450 gamer score can only be obtained through the story mode, so if you are going for a completion, you might trudge through the story mode, which will also count towards the other 550 gamer score, so it would likely be the stronger play. Now, another tip. I would highly recommend printing the manual out if you have a good printer wherever you work. It makes navigating it easier because scrolling up and down gets kind of super annoying. In sum, it's not a very quick game, but you can finish about a fourth of it in one casual setting. But it is a unique game. And I imagine if all my friends were not imaginary, it would have even been even better. So if you're a social butterfly... Or maybe an inspiring individual that wants to end the war on terror with your superior manual reading skills, this game would be the bomb. <laughs> there you go. I think you did it. I think we disarmed it. Good job, Elroy. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, five minutes or less. How many how many bombs out of bombs would you give it? Oh man. Let's see. I think I'd give it uh three out of five blue ball explosions. <laughs> Sounds good. Does anybody have any comments on keep talking and well, nobody explodes? I, I have a, I have a question for yes, Elroy yes. actually. Oh, what um, you got? Your 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 rating then is based obviously on your experience. Do you think if you actually were playing it with another person, you know, and yeah. not just reading the manual to yourself, do you think that that would increase your rating a bit or do you think that three is kind of it's it's ceiling that's where it would be well i think it depends on what your goal is so for me the goal is to get the most amount of gamer score in the least amount of time so it probably actually <laughs> least or lessen the uh the, the the rating because it would take more time 
So, but if you're one of those people, you know, going to play for the F and and get that on, uh, then you might enjoy it more that way because okay. it might be a bonding experience theoretically in a world where you have social interaction. If only Doofangle, <laughs> Giggle Pig, or Johnny Five could help. <laughs> have you played the uh, Jackbox Party Pack Bob Corp game? Uh, I have not. I have not. Okay, it sounds very similar. Did it win PAX Awards? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. But I, I think I think um, this game was initially built as a VR game, so it's it's kind of oh, got a different feel to it. Like I think initially you looked through a virtual reality headset, so only the person looking through the headset could see the bomb, and the other person had the manual. So there was mm-hmm. sort of a different element to it. Um, as opposed to the Jackbox Party Pack game, which was meant for you know up to four people to play, it was it's just a different. Even though it sounds like very similar gameplay, they had kind of different uh, goals they were going for. I think. Yeah, I could see this working really well in VR, uh, and unfortunately, just it is it, it translates to console okay, but obviously not the same experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, hey, we get achievements yeah. and for that. Yeah. We think. <laughs> I remember seeing the VR. It looked like it'd be a neat experience. Yeah. I think the VR really makes it much more immersive, but uh, how much immersion do you want when you're doing something stressful, like disarming a bomb? Well, I, I tell you, I tell you what, it's really immersive and that's dolphins. <laughs> so I have one more question for you. <laughs> okay, I was trying to segue there. Yeah, it's a good segue, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just going to trample all over it. All right, <laughs> all right what do you got? What's the question? Uh, you you mentioned that the single player mode may be the better way to go for people who want the completion. So, how long is the single player campaign? Is it you know ten puzzles? Is it a hundred puzzles? Uh, there's about four. I think uh, it's been. Uh, I don't know. It's been a while since I booted up, but I think it was about four boards with about uh, nine puzzles each, I think. So you'll work well towards the achievement for getting, uh, disarming, I think, 100 bombs, and uh, there's a couple other grindy ones. And it, it would just, if you went through the camp or the, the story mode, it would basically do all in one. But I was just going for some quick points. So I, I'd played the single mode and kind of manipulated things and got a quick 250 off of it. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Sounds like a great team building event for the Student Achievement Factory. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. And with that, let's get tactical. Tactical. That was really bad. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. without, without thinking them. So Leave right on over. <laughs> We're going to go right on over to Kronos with Super Dungeon Tactics. Thank you. Uh, so Super Dungeon Tactics is published and developed by Underbite Games. It was released on the Xbox on August 3rd, 2018, but it was released first on Steam back in December of 2016. So the game's been around for a year and a half already, but it's just out on the Xbox One. Um, and as you might expect from the name, Super Dungeon Tactics is a tactical um war game simulator basically you take control of a couple of characters with powerful attacks and you go to fight against a horde of enemies with less powerful attacks and you wipe them out and then you win or you fail to wipe them out and then you lose Uh, these kinds of games are fantastic for people who love strategy fighting games or uh, have a fondness of games like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics or Fire Emblem 
But even though this has the fantasy setting uh, of a Final Fantasy Tactics, it doesn't have quite as much uh, in the depth department. The game is a lot shallower, which is not to say that it's bad. This is a very, very good uh, tactical fighting game, especially since there are not very many of these on the Xbox system at this point. This game genre thrives on PC, which is why it came out on Steam first, I'm sure. But actually, the simplicity of it, I think, uh, could help it as well, because this is a game that I feel it would be really at home on a phone port, believe it or not. Because even though it feels great on the console, it is simple enough that a person who is unfamiliar with even the genre can pick it up quickly and not make a fool of themselves dying on the first level, as is very easy to do in a game like Final Fantasy Tactics. The game has a, a fair amount of humor. Some of it is a little bit off. Uh, they definitely have a strange brand of it. The story is very, very generic. But one of the things I do want to talk about is just some of the issues with it. It is, a, like I said, still a very good game, but the, the, the options menu is basically non-existent. Um, the option that it really needs to have that it doesn't is a screen size selection. Uh, at least for me, on my television, it did not display the entirety of the game on my TV, and there was no way to change the display ratio. It's just a, an oversight in a port uh, that is understandable, but also really unacceptable. Um, finally, uh, there are achievements, right? That's what we care about. These achievements are not necessarily hard, but a lot of them are pretty deep. There are a couple of them for completing the game on various difficulty levels. Fortunately, you only have to play it once. Uh, you play through the game, and you can crush through the game on casual, and when you get to the last mission, you just replay that last mission on whatever difficulty you feel comfortable with, and all the difficulties previous to that one will stack. So you can beat it on casual, and if you're good enough, you get all the equipment, you can go right on to the insane difficulty and beat it on that and get all the endgame achievements there. There are also a bunch of achievements for doing random events, such as playing a map long enough to take 40 rounds, or killing seven enemies with one attack. Uh, and that actually leads to that point I was making earlier, where you, you're fighting a horde of monsters. The monsters are fairly generic. You have kobolds and skeletons, basically. And you fight a lot of kobolds, or a lot of skeletons, or a lot of kobolds and a lot of skeletons. There's just not much variety in the enemies, although they do have some different attacks based on some subsets of those groups. The game also misses out on some additional tactical advantage by having no real uh, third dimension or and very few hazards on the map. Where it really gets hard is actually a little bit unfair, in my opinion. If you kill all of the enemies or you reach a certain point in the level, it just spawns more. You say, oh, oh man. there's 25 Jeez. enemies that I'm fighting this map, and I got five of my guys. If I can kill five of them each with one of my characters, I'm good to go. You do that, and then 25 more spawn. And I think this is actually done as a technical thing because they didn't want to have so many minions on the screen at once. But what it does is it just it obscures your actual goal, and uh, that can feel very frustrating uh, the first time through. So the first time you play every mission, play it on casual. Save yourself the hassle. Even when those things happen on casual, you'll recover. And then when you know what you're doing, you can go back on the higher difficulties and know that those things are going to spawn because the spawns are not randomized. Uh, they're going to keep coming in on their scheduled time point. When you do this thing or when you kill this enemy, more enemies appear. Overall, um, this is a fine game for the genre, and it is 
pretty fairly priced, even though it is $20. Um, that's a lot to ask for an indie game these days, especially one that has some issues. But if you are a fan of this kind of game, you can get a lot of value out of it. Uh, if you're playing it at crow speed, it's going to take you 20 to 25 hours to complete this game. Uh, other people have completed the game already, and they're saying it's somewhere between 12 and 15 or 15 and 20. But either way, this is not a quick completion. You're going to get your money's worth out of your time. But um, I pre- prefer it to be cheaper. If this was $10, it'd be an insta-buy. At 15 I think it's fair. At 20 it's possibly a little overpriced. Well, that sounds good. I love Final Fantasy Tactics. I used to play the crap out of that game. So yeah, Final I'm Fan- definitely interested in it. Final Fantasy Tactics is pretty much the gold standard when it comes to this. This one is not nearly as good, but it's going to be a great itch scratcher if you just want to play some Final Fantasy Tactics and get some achievements. Looking at the achievement list real quick, it looks like this is a really easy game to get on your tag. Is is that so, or is that just misleading because everyone has the same one? The, uh, The first achievement that you're likely to unlock is if you're following the instructions in the tutorial, you'll unlock one with your first attack. So bean diving this nice. is a snap. Uh, I'm not even sure it's possible to avoid getting that achievement in the tutorial, but if you don't, it's practically impossible not to get that achievement very, very soon afterwards, because if you're not killing at least three enemies with one attack very soon, you're not going to win any battles. There's just too many enemies on the screen for you to handle if you're not killing a lot at once. So it's it's fair to say that if this is... Uh, you're, you're committed to this game in terms of what putting it on your tag as soon as you... It up right, more or less. Okay. N- not if you boot it up. You have enough time to see the screen play around with the options menu. But as soon as you start the mission and make a, an, uh, a decisive attack, you're going to be getting your first pop. It comes on real quick. Uh, so if you're concerned about it, and you're not sure you want to sink the 12, 15, 20 hours into it, try it on an alt first. But I don't think that the completion should be uh, a thing that dissuades anyone. Uh, it does boast a impressive 2.6 total game ratio right now, which is quite high. But partially that's newness, and partially it's just that there are so few people who have played this. There are only 82 tracked gamers on TrueAchievements.com who have even started this game. It's it's nowhere near as hard as that ratio uh, indicates. It, it seems like the um, the hardest achievements in the game in terms of ratio are ones where you're completing the game with a party of heroes that are a specific way. They're all mystics or with ranged weapons, so are or completing a quest. So you can go back and reselect specific quests to accomplish these things. I know you kind of touched on that earlier, but is that the yes. case for these achievements too? You can you can replay pretty much any mission in the game. Um, an oddity of this is that sometimes the missions introduce new characters, and every time the character is introduced, you can rename the character. So the first time you play, you get to choose the character's name. And the second time you get to play, you get to choose the character's name again. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things where you're like, okay, I can see why this might have been something that slipped through the QA testing, or they say, oh, we saw it, it's just not worth our time to fix it. But it's just that little bit of lack of polish that helps to it really show that it's an indie game that is good, rather than a good indie game. Cool. What would you rate it? I'm willing to give this one three and a half stars. That's good to hear. 3.5. Okay. Excellent. Uh, flying on over to our next title is... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice uh, transition. I'm, I'm losing it. I gotta... I gotta. <clears throat> I don't know. Anyways, Airheart, Tales of a Broken... Tales of Broken Wing. I don't know why I keep wanting to throw A in there. Tales 
of Broken Wings. All right, so this is a game by Blindfug Studios. Blindfug? What the oh, fuck made this? He's not blind. <laughs> well, he's fine. He's not blind. He's confirmed that. Um, but blind flug, that's what it is. There's an L there. Oh. Okay. Uh, I'm going blind. <laughs> All right. Blind Flug Studios made this game. It came out. It's probably yeah, blind flug then because it sounds yeah, like it's trying to be like German. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably. Yeah, you're probably right. Blind Flug uh, developed this game and published it, self-published. Uh, came out August 14th, 2018. So just over a month old. Uh, $17.99, guys. So $18. Uh, for this ID at Xbox title. Um, similar to Super Dungeon Tactics, there's 85 tracked gamers. Not similar to Super Dungeon Tactics. Nobody has completed this game. Um, and that's probably because it's not super great in terms of gameplay, in my opinion. So so basically, here you are this pilot. Uh, they actually, I think it was a sea fisher. Sea fisherman was the correct terminology and you fly your plane your little rinky dink plane out into this field the ocean the sky ocean and you fish for parts and actual fish in the sky and there's other planes that come around and shoot and there's big tankers and uh, if you get in trouble the police planes will come in and get you anyways as you're doing this and you're collecting these items and this trash uh, you then fly back down to your base and you uh, submit that uh, material and you can craft things and you can upgrade your plane. And then you go back out and you do it all again. And you start from that same base level uh, and you keep going up and up and up and up. Now, a lot of times these games have shortcuts if you get to a certain point. I can't. I don't know if this game does for sure or not because I never got super high uh, for the fact that the game really got to me in a frustrating way. So uh, visually, it looks great. I was super intrigued to play this game. Uh, you can think of it like a shoot 'em up, except you can move all around and shoot all around. Um, and but it, it controls like that twin stickiness uh, of a of a shooter. And it's as I was collecting things, I was up there for a decent amount of time, and then you have you go back down. Now, if you get hit and your health gets all the way down while you're in the sky, you're going to crash land, and you have to control that crash land and land back on your little uh, helipad or whatever it is in order to continue your game. Now, this is the frustrating part of this game, is I spent an hour and a half-ish on a run going up levels being very careful and taking my time coming back down when I realized I was getting low on health, banking what I had collected, uh, not being able to upgrade a whole lot. I don't know if that was just these lower levels, uh, or just that's how long you have to play the game. But I went up and I got hit too many times and I started to fly straight downward back to my helipad. Now I could see that and you can, you have very limited motion when you're, crash falling and i don't know why it missed it should have hit but my plane missed the helipad and i crashed down to the bottom of existence and you continue hit continue and you're brought back to the main menu of the game 
and new new game is the only option there is so there is some permadeath going on here oh wow i was not happy i was not happy um for that reason alone i got super frustrated i had to stop playing the game uh just because of how easy it was to kill yourself and not be able to recover that uh even you know these these roguelike games like dead cells where you you know it's the game's going to kill you but you keep your progressions and you know you go back and you do it again that would be fine but it's not that way you it's one and done and i do not think a game should be designed like that uh did any of you guys play this game i have not i thought i did but it I was thinking of a different game. It was one with uh, Aces of Luftwaffe or something Luf- like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that, that one does not have permanent. <laughs> when you were describing, but... <laughs> I was like, man, I don't think that's the same game I played. Because that mine had like yeah. alien ships and stuff. So, But I, I didn't yeah. play it, but I have a question based on the list. So the one sure. achievement that has not been unlocked by anyone is to craft every weapon. Um, mm-hmm. You didn't really talk about crafting so much. So is that something you just didn't encounter before losing everything? Or do you have a sense I, of I, yeah. what I, might be? I had very little material in order to craft things. I craft... Actually, I'm trying to recall back. I believe there was some blueprints involved. Um, and I had like maybe two or three. Uh, but then that permadeath thing happened again. But... Uh, Like I said, I don't know if later levels get you more uh, Mm -hmm. materials, but I was trying to clear out the land before moving up, uh, and it didn't seem like I was getting enough to really make a difference. And then I know I upgraded. uh, There's multiple different airships and then multiple different parts on the airships, and I know I upgraded like uh, my weapons uh, at least one level up and uh, my acceleration or something like that. I didn't see a difference, although that was the first level upgrade. It still took me, you know, an hour to an hour and a half to do that little amount of upgrading to, to lose it all. So, oh, uh, wow. the it, it probably the crafting is probably actually fairly decent. That and I just wish you kept it, and then the game would be fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, unfortunately, I cannot recommend this game, especially at eighteen dollars. Uh, the permadeath thing is just a kicker for me and uh maybe if it was like a five dollar game and you know that's not that much investment but eighteen dollars and so much to lose high you know it's high risk and all reward uh unless you miss so i don't know yeah it's i cannot recommend this game so yeah i don't think it's a bad game i just think the gameplay is very flawed That, that 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 design right there is very flawed so price aside what rating would you give it? I mean, I'd probably give it a two out of five. It's I've played a lot worse games, um, and I just, I just that one mechanic irks me. And I don't know if it, maybe it was a bug. I don't know. I should probably load up the game see if there was an update. But uh, when I played it uh, at launch, that's how it was. And yeah, and like like, like Michelle said, uh, there nobody's completed this game. So if you're a completionist watch out for it um there's there's the only one achievement there's only uh let's see there are 14 total achievements and one of them has not been obtained yet probably because of difficulty not because of a an unobtainable but uh it currently sits at like 3500 ta uh for the 
850 points that people have achieved. So really good TA, but you just know that that risk is there to uh, to wipe you out. Yeah, achievements seem kind of straightforward. You beat the game, you get most of them. Yeah, a lot of it is defeating these uh, different, you know, mini bosses. Every so many levels has a boss. I think I encountered one uh, all along my way, uh, and it, it was it was a pretty difficult battle. I think I it was the second time I encountered him. The first time uh, uh, I got taken down because not only do they attack you, other things are attacking you as well. Right. So that's Airheart, and now we will go to. Foo foo cuddly poof for socketeer. All right, so <laughs> sorry, what that the... was a bad robot. <laughs> <laughs> Which throw it again? I guess. Take it away. Oh, get some All right, so socketeer. It was published by Alliance Digital Media. Developed by Ice Beam, which is a great name. That's a great Pokemon attack. And it was released August 21st, obviously for the Xbox One. Uh, price tag of $9.99, which I'll get to in a minute. Socketeer, basically, very simplistic kind of a game. You're this like little robot who has like a socket, like a like you know, to plug an outlet for arms, hence the name Socketeer. Get it? Uh, the idea is basically you're in these in this like little dungeon type thing area and you have to get from point A to point B. Uh different rooms going through it with enemies. Uh the main f- driving point of the game is the robot can hack anything. So there's different computers around that do- that do different things. You can hack into enemies. And you can even hack into the boxes, which is interesting. Um, And when you hack into the the enemy robots, you get to control them. If you hack into the the boxes, it's basically just to hide. And like I said, you just just start off in one area, get to the next. There's typically two different doors that you have to go through, or at least from what I've played. Uh, You go through the level, you find a card key... That matches a door, the certain door. Then when you get and go through there, you're now able to, to explore the rest of the map, and then you eventually get to the ending portal that takes you out. Uh, one thing about the game is it seems to be taking pl- taking place in space. You can shoot bombs. Uh, one of the bombs I mistakenly did this right away is I shot it. I hit the wall of the dungeon. And as soon as I did that, I got sucked out into space and killed myself. So be careful on that. Um, I actually kind of forgot to mention this, but it's a rogue roguelite and shoot 'em up. It's top down, kind of procedurally generated. Uh, fun little game, nothing too too special. Uh, the achievements there are twenty seven up. 27 of them worth a thousand uh ta rate is 3300 so it's got a nice little ratio uh achievements are pretty straightforward mostly just going through every level doing beating the boss uh, i guess i should have said spoiler warning there to the secrets 
Uh, nothing too big, nothing too big of a deal to be able to do. Like I said, it's very straightforward. One thing I will say to kind of give you a little bit of a tip and a little bit of help in it. I didn't know right away that you could hack into enemies. Uh, I thought you had to hit him with an EMP burst and they basically kind of shut down and then you can go hack. No, if you can get behind them, you just go right on in and hack them. That helps makes the game a little bit easier. And where the roguelike kind of comes in, it does have permadeath. You know, you die, you got to start over. And with that, there's also like a little shop area. As you kill enemies, you collect salvage, which then can be traded for upgrades, you know, a shield, a space suit in case, you know, you fly out into space, uh, more bombs, the ability to hold more bombs, etc. Well, in this area, there is a shopkeeper. You can actually hack the shopkeeper. I didn't actually know this. I was just kind of holding R to try to hack into it. And voila, got it. Uh, hacked into it and was able to use it. This is extremely useful because there's three different achievements. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Four different achievements related to this. Uh, you, just, you get one for just hacking the shopkeeper. And when you hack the shopkeeper, you also don't have to pay for an item. So you can just immediately go grab all the items. And the other one that's really nice is after you hack with hack into them and you're controlling them, if you happen to die while hacked into the shopkeeper, you actually get the achievement for defeating the shopkeeper, even though you didn't actually have to uh, kill him. Yeah. Fun little game. Like I said, price point of nine ninety nine. How many motherboards would you give it out of five? How many motherboards? I'd give it a three, I think. I think three? I'd give them three. You nothing, enjoyed your time with it? I enjoyed it. It's nothing that's... There's not a lot there that's just like, oh my god, you have to go play this game. But I'll, I will probably be jumping back into this a couple more achievements because I did enjoy what I played. Is it a hack and slash game? I think I heard you say hack about 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong kind of hack. It's more of a shoot them up, but you do the, you do the other kind of hacking. <laughs> hack into the robots. Hack into the robots and then you can control them and then shoot the other robots. Cool beans. All right. Well, we're going to jump right into the next game. This game is a quick game that probably half of you at least have already played. Uh, it was developed by ABX Game Studios and published by our brand new-ish up-and-coming favorite publisher, Ratalakia? Ratalakia Games. You guys know who I'm talking about. The game we're talking about is Tetra's Escape. This is a puzzle game, and it is super easy and super quick. Yeah. It's only $5, too, so it hits all the marks for Achievement Hunters. Uh, you are a block, and your goal is to get to the end of the level. And you do that by transforming other blocks, or I think they're called, like, they're called Tetras, right? Or Tetromes, or, and you transform into Tetronomes or something like that. Uh, and they obviously different shapes and they help you traverse the level 
in such a way. Each level has three stars. Once you get all three stars, a trophy pops up, and that's not always very intuitive. So you can get the stars, but then you're not going to be able to get the trophy somehow. I don't know. But there's guides for every level. So, hey, easy. Uh, get three stars, get the three trophies, and you're golden. I think there's like six worlds that you play, or at least there's only six that you have to play for the achievements. Uh, beat them. That's good. Once you once you beat the game in and of itself, you you have the majority of the achievements. You then only have to go back, and if you've got every star along the way, you'll that's achievements too. Uh, then you just have to go back, and if you didn't grab them before, the, grab the miscellaneous achievements. They, are, they here they are. They change all the tetras in a level, uh, and then lose the level. Uh, you have to die by fall. Uh, before you can move on. You have to burn all the tetras in, this, in the same level. You have to complete a level without getting any of the stars that I mentioned. And then I actually, I, I would assume this is probably the same for everybody. I unlocked all of those and only had one left, and that is save at least 200 tetras. And easy peasy, when you beat the level, any the tetras get sucked up into the vortex, and they are considered saved. And I went back to level... One level in World 1, super easy, that I just pretty much walked left, completed the level, and I saved like two or three at a time. I think I did that for like five minutes, and I hit my 200 because of all the rest of the game I played. So, done and dusted. That is a completion right there, folks, for $5. Yeah. Two hours. Woo. <laughs> did any of you lucky people get to experience this? Oh, I partake. <laughs> oh, I knew, I know you. I knew you did. That <laughs> was right down my alley. Absolutely. This perfect, perfect G task fodder, right? Yeah, that turny thing is still going. I, uh, yep, I got one thousand on it, and move on to the next one. Good on you, sir. So yeah, five dollars, thousand points. That's a five star review, people. That's five tetras. <laughs> five, nice. five tetras out of five. There we go. <laughs> wow. Right. Now. Question, though, on the off chance that someone is listening who actually wants to just play this game because maybe they like puzzle games or just like playing <laughs> games and aren't so concerned about achievements. She's speaking for herself. I, I, well, no, those people not exist. exactly. But is, is this a game like Energy Cycle where it's, it's zero to one hours or one to two hours because you're using a guide? Or is this something that independent of using a guide would still be reasonably easy to follow to, to finish it? Why would you play If you really like puzzle games and you play a lot of them, I think that you definitely can get through the whole game without a guide and no more than double the amount of time okay. with a guide. Um, I kind of did that for the first like half of the game, and then I just wanted to be done with it because it's essentially the same thing over and over, right? You're mm -hmm. just doing these levels that are just designed slightly different, and then they add a couple mechanics like you can now flip the tetromes or whatever and stuff like that but if you like puzzle games i don't think this one would challenge you too too much uh for the for the beat there yeah right. don't be a hero get your points get out follow the guy <laughs> so. guides are your friend we need a sherpa okay. in here so uh well, no. sp well <laughs> speaking of heroes I have some heroes in my game. 
Do you now? Yes. Do tell. <laughs> well, the next one is Drunk Foo, Wasted Masters, and it has nothing to do I with I don't that. drink. Yeah, it has really nothing to do with uh, <laughs> with Shack Foo, so I understand there's some confusion of there's like a, a really large shack running around, stumbling everywhere, but no, it's two Was different games. Was Foo drunk during G-Task as your partner? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, oh. Rusto, that is Too the... The wonderful uh, studio produced this, and uh, it is available for $10 minus a penny. Now, I'm going to take you inside the corporate offices of Rusto, which is the publisher of such loved hits such as... And... So, time came for their latest release, Drunk Foo Wasted Masters. So after months and months of frustration, their very limited coder slash lead game designer slash intern goes to the crew and says, guys, I've tried everything. I cannot freaking figure out how to make a freaking biped walk and make it look normal. (laughs) I've tried everything. I've rewrote the code. I've rewrote it again, but it just doesn't look right. It just stumbles around like it's drunk and I can't fix it. And amid subs or sobs, the uh, powers that be at Rusto, they pat him on the shoulder and assure him everything will be okay. He'll still get his paycheck. Let's just rework it. Let's make it seem like the mechanics are intentional. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's like the, the old <laughs> Guinness, see, drunk Guinness. Yeah, okay. Anyhow, Drunk Food Wasted Masters is born. So the game is a party-style game where you frustratingly stumble all over the place, swinging your arms and weapons everywhere, trying to knock the other players off the platforms. It is, for the second time tonight, it is basically a Super Smash Brothers clone, just without any of the controls, skills, likable characters, final polish, storyline, health bar, character moves, music, and overall playability. But other than that, it is just like Super Smash Brothers. Now, your character choices are all apish-looking, presumably alcoholic men who range the full pigment spectrum. So you can be drunk in any race. You can go albino white and be a drunk foo-foo-foo. Or you can also (laughs) add things like buckets on your head, because why not? You cannot, however, be a woman alcoholic, oddly enough. I guess they want to stay away from the whole drunk men beating up on women, uh, much like Dad Beat Dad's game and uh, many others, but it's more possible that they didn't know how to add female traits to the characters, although a lot of alcoholic men I have seen have bigger man boobs than most women. But I digress (laughs) before my five minutes runs out. The movement, as I mentioned, seems half intentional in its design, but definitely lives up to the expectation of being drunk given it's clunky sometimes unpredictable and sometimes you will just fall off the edge just for being near it uh, and you're trying to turn around but one of the most frustrating parts is the lack of a health bar so you're just gradually getting less strong and decaying as you get more hits on you and you get more susceptible but there's never really any way to tell where you're at or weapons they just kind of mysteriously break whenever but the jump mechanic now that's the real jewel of this game is it allows you to actually move around more freely and so when you press the jump button it works like a basically 
like an invisible hand that picks up the character and <laughs> and it just like flings him across the screen, which is very <laughs> handy. Yeah, pun intended. But because it just like <laughs> I don't know that it's like warps him across the screen, so they're going at a snail's pace, but then they jump and all of a sudden they're flying across the screen like Superman. It's weird. But it allows you to move around more freely, and that comes uh, very useful when you're trying to get the achievements. So the bulk of the achievements are very simple. The first mode that you have to conquer is the swarm mode. Well, you don't have to do it in that order, but that's what I did, is the swarm mode. And that nets you 140 easy points to get it. You just simply load up the map that's the campground slash water thing. You jump your way or fling your way over to the dock that protrudes out into the water, and then you stand there. The swarms will all jump to their death and as they're trying to get to you. Uh, occasionally one will jump and get stuck on the edge of the dock, but then you just punch them in the face. Because they're on the edge, they'll just fall right in. I only wish that swarms of other stuff were this easy to dispose of given that I've had wasps around my house for years, but just saying it'd be nice if there was a magical dock I could go stand on and Pied Piper them to their death. But anyhow, 300-ish points are spread out across the other two game modes, the Get Swarmed and Get Smashed modes. Now, there's really no reason to go for these achievements on their own by actually playing the game where you're punching people and they're falling off and you know basically how the game's supposed to be played. Because you will get all those achievements when going for the 90 points you get for ground slamming, which is uh, basically you just pound the jump button and the pound button, and then you have a jump pound. And then you'll get to all those points. But the remaining 450-ish points, those are the frustrating ones. You have to get 25 kills with a bar stool, a banjo, a pool cue, a vuvuzuela, a lead pipe, <laughs> a paddle, a trash oh, bag, a tiki torch, and many, many others. Okay, uh, I made up the Vuvuzuela, but I just like saying <laughs> Vuvuzuela. Vuvuzuela. Now, the frustrating part is that you cannot manipulate the spawn points of these of what comes where the weapons go. So there's a spawn point, and it's just a crapshoot if you get the weapon that you're looking for. And that is not very fun, especially when you get to the end and you just need one more freaking tiki torch and you cannot get one to spawn. So you combine that with the fact that different weapons only spawn on certain maps. And it, when I played the game, there was no reference on which ones are on which. So the Sparta level madness begins. So to help with this, I suggest that you use the jump mechanic that I mentioned before. Throw yourself over to a weapon spawn point. Grab it. See what it is. If it's not what you want, use that mysterious hand and fling yourself into the water and die and get rid of it. And that also, there's a very important part that helped me with this game. I had that SOB moment where you're like, son of a... I had, when I realized I was hitting them with the wrong hand. So I had a tiki torch in one hand and I was knocking them into the water. And it's like, why is this not counting? It's because you're hitting them with the empty hand. So just because you're holding a tiki torch doesn't mean you're killing them with a tiki torch. So you have two hands, and when you press the uh, the weapon button, the next press is going to be an empty hand, so it alternates. So what I did was I fired up my local multiplayer, and then I arranged the second controller to be right on the edge. 
Not the controller, but the character. Because my kittens, they knock down my controllers enough, they don't need any extra wear and tear. So I'll put the second drunk ape right on the edge, and then I do a series of grab weapon, see what it is, jump off screen, until I had the one I wanted. Then I punch until the empty hand punches. Then I'll walk very carefully up to the second controller, and I knock them off with the next hit. And then I knew uh, I got it 100% that I hit them with the weapon. You repeat until the weapon breaks, and then you set it up yet again. It was a bit tedious, but at least it was only 25 per weapon. So once I finished that, or figured out the punch mechanic, it went somewhat fast, but be warned that the weapons bust after about six or seven hits. So don't waste hits with it. Don't waste the hit moving them over to the very edge. Yeah, you got to actually get them there first and then just hit them in the back and they're gone. Now, another thing I ran into, the freaking wrench and lead pipe. You get one for the wrench and the lead pipe. However, there are three or four things that look just like it could be a lead pipe or a wrench. There's like a tire iron, there's a wrench, a monkey wrench, there's like a... I mean, there's all kinds of wrenches and pipes and such. So I'm not sure which ones I hit them with. Good luck with that. But two of them are the ones you want. So in sum, before my five minutes is up, I think that most normal people will experience experience (laughs) drunk food like drinking in general. So it's somewhat fun if you are drinking also, but if you're not, it's annoying being around drunk people. So side note, I did not try drinking. There's too many carbs in that. Before playing the game, I wonder, like, if I had, like, been drunk, would it have straightened out the gameplay and made it play seamlessly, which it would have been a brilliant, like, design. Maybe that's what they did. I don't know. But for me, and people like me, who really enjoy somewhat bad games and, you know, Achievement Hunters everywhere, it is my view viewzuela that this game (laughs) is an enjoyable playthrough and worth the money when it goes on sale. What game did you just talk about? Oh, I forgot. Something. Shaq Fu? Something. <laughs> how, many, uh, how many beer bottles out of five would you give it? Uh, I give it uh, three toots on the Vuvuzuela. <laughs> all right. <laughs> toot, toot. <laughs> all right, guys. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The end. Oh, no. Oh. no yeah, almost. <laughs> almost. We're just about there. But first, we have a crisis. A time crisis. No, just kidding. It's coffee crisis. Matriarch, take it away. Okay, so most of us have played it. So I'm just going to give some introduction stuff. Like, I will talk a little bit about gameplay and we'll talk about achievements and we'll kind of all give our thoughts. So for those of you who don't know about Coffee Crisis, it actually has a very interesting history. It was created um, by Megacat Studios, who actually had some history in making actual retro game cartridges, which is kind of a thing now. Some people will really release an old Sega Genesis cartridge or an old Sega CD cartridge. A fairly well-known example of this is Pure Solar, I believe. So the folks from Mega Cat Studios ran into a couple of baristas from, I believe it's Black Forge Coffee House in uh, Pittsburgh, and they came up with the idea that they want to create this Sega Genesis game where a couple of baristas rescue the world from an alien race. And so they did. And it initially came out on the Sega Genesis. You could still order it if you'd like on the either just as a cartridge or with all the trimmings. So you get a box and you get a manual. So um, it's got a pretty cool development history. Um, go ahead. It plays on the Sega Genesis? Yeah, you can actually play it right on your Sega Genesis. Put it right, right. in there. And... Rare Rocker, you hear Which that? Which is pretty cool. 
That, yeah. That, yeah. That Sega Genesis. Yeah. That Sega Genesis is the very uh, premier possum oh um, console. <laughs> so you, if there's any possums in the game, I definitely need to know about it. Yeah. Well, there, there aren't as far as I've gotten up to or we've gotten up to. But so this happened um, a couple years previous. This uh, Cuff Crisis did release on the Xbox One in August. Uh, and it was published by E360 Technologies, whereas Megacat had published and developed it on other platforms previously. It's a pretty standard beat-em-up. Um, and I know L has a lot of history with Genesis-era beat-em-ups, so he can probably speak a little bit better to that and what you can expect. Oh. Wake up, wake up, L. <laughs> you need some I water. need coffee! That was the joke, guys. <laughs> There's a crisis, and I need coffee. Yeah. It, this game is no Streets of Rage, but it sure tries. It sure tries. Uh, the first thing you'll notice in this game is the great heavy metal soundtrack. Right, Foo? Metal. Heavy metal. Um, You could be, like, a dude or, like, a chick and, like totally <laughs> you go around is that the metal stereotype there <laughs> uh, yeah th there's a standard story about but there's video game easter eggs I don't want to say too much um, you go around hitting old people I mean that's that's the best part of the game to me <laughs> well the the game it does have standard beat em up gameplay but it is developed with co-op in mind now it doesn't go kind of the extra mile with that at least that we saw where it's something like the simpsons where there are co-op sort of attacks you might have with the different characters but it definitely plays very well if you're going in to play a beat-em-up it does everything it's supposed to do there are different power-ups throughout the game that you can use that have a variety of effects some good some bad they're different bosses they're uh if you're from pittsburgh apparently it has actual Pittsburgh area locations you will know it's not a city I've ever been to so I can't confirm it myself but this is apparently a thing um you get different yeah and and they're actually Elle had mentioned the metal soundtrack there are 12 songs that were crafted for the games by quote-unquote professional metal musicians so it does have good. a really awesome soundtrack insofar as the achievements the list is interesting. I know you guys on the panel had discussed a couple weeks ago about uh, your feelings on gamer score that doesn't end in zero and five. And most of you guys are pretty cool with that. I'm the outlier who isn't. And this game, all of the achievements are worth 22 points, except for one that's worth 32. So it's 45 it's achievements. If... I'm right. with you. I didn't. I don't like the fact that they all ended two. It's very annoying. Well, it's... you complete the game. <laughs> exactly. But not only that, the game... whether the achievement is easy or hard, they're all worth the same 22. Or just right. pick five of them and then problem solved. You got... There you go. Well, it's a great game if you want to even up uh, previous issues with uh, gamer score that you've let go uneven or un five and zero, undivisible by five, indivisible by five. Yes. All right. Liberty Grammar's and justice for all. Podcast. The, the game... As El just said, has 45 achievements, but it has not been completed yet. There are three achievements that are still unlocked, or still not unlocked. Um, one for completing the game on death metal difficulty. Another one for completing it on death metal difficulty in under one hour and 15 minutes. And another for completing death metal difficulty in under one hour and 30 minutes, which is a little peculiar that they have 130 and 115. But so far, no one has managed those achievements. 
I could probably tell you why. Maybe it's just me. And with this game, I realized I suck at beat em ups, but it is hard. It is not just Yeah, terrible. it is hard. It's not. It's not just and that, that was just on normal. Yep. But I, I feel like it's a design decision because it is developed as a Genesis game, and games were harder then. They, they were meant to be, you know, quarter munchers. You'd go to the arcade and you'd go with your roll of quarters, and the whole point was for you to die a lot, so you'd keep throwing more quarters in there. Uh, there weren't as many continues, there weren't as many free lives or one-ups, or you might get lives because you hit a certain point total, but you get that once. And That's I true. Think I've it's... yet to beat The Lion King or uh, <laughs> what's that other <laughs> game? Uh, Aladdin. I Aladdin. Think. Oh, That's a classic. Cool. Wait, Super Nintendo or Genesis, though? The different games? Uh, those, were, those were on Genesis. Okay. For me. The Genesis one is superior, although it's typically a Super Nintendo person. Um, that aside, I, I do think that the difficulty is, once again, it's a design decision. It's meant to emulate games of that era. We're a little used to being handheld now, so they definitely do not do that in this one. I, I thought it was really touching that they had aliens in wheelchairs. So it was kind of like a, uh, it made all these <laughs> handicapped aliens. They're just sitting around thinking, well, I'm not ever going to take over a world. They'd be like, hey, look, you can do it too. And so I found that that was a very encouraging part about the game. And so uh, it really spoke to me. Now, one other important thing to note, especially given that the game is co-op in nature, is the achievements are host only. So Elle and I always check this out when we play our co-op games and we both played it. We had a good time, but the achievements only popped for Elle. That's funny considering that there's a complete the game in co-op mode achievement. Right. And there's complete the game in co-op and then complete the game as each of the two main characters. Now we haven't completed a full playthrough yet because the game is hard, but I don't know if you're, I imagine your co-op as Nick or Ashley, both of those will pop at the same time, but it's possible that those two achievements are for single player with those people uh you will have to play the game at least twice on that note but yeah it, it is surprising that the co-op achievement doesn't pop for both since they bothered to have one in there one thing i liked about the game was that it does call back to gaming of yesteryear where you didn't have save states because when you stop playing the game i don't believe you can continue from where you left off by loading a save you have to use a password that was mm -hmm. provided to you uh, based on how far you got last time. Right. Um, luckily, yes. we have the internet, and all those passwords are posted, so you don't have to remember them, or you can skip to any level you want. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was, that was a cool nod. Another interesting thing is that the game has cheat codes. I was right. just about to bring that up. Well, stop getting in my head and go get some sun. <laughs> so there's an achievement for getting a cheat code, but ironically, putting in any cheat codes disables all the other achievements. So that's a head scratcher. Yeah, I can confirm that. There's an uh, cheat code for one hit kills, and I had high hopes that I could beat this <laughs> game super fast, but uh, alas, I was misguided. I mean, the achievements are nice in that they, they definitely come through natural play. So this isn't a great game if you're a completionist. And if you want to do that stuff quickly, but it's nice if you're not so concerned with the list and just want to play and get achievements on the way, because you'll get one basically at the end of every level, you'll get some uh, cumulative achievements for things like losing a certain number of lives, you get an achievement the first time you put in a level code. So it, it hands them out. Once again, there are 45. So there's a good number of them and 42 of them seem to unlock at least, you'll, you'll get plenty along the way just from a natural playthrough. 
They come quick. Mm-hmm. And there's a pill for that. Valhalla. <laughs> Valhalla. Um, so, uh, so at eleven dollars, um, what would you say? I would say wait for it to be maybe like seven or eight. It's pretty good. You know, I, would, I think that I think that's a good price if you like beat 'em ups. Eleven. Right. I agree. I would say at eleven dollars, especially if you have someone to play co-op with. Yes. It's it's a solid game. It it does everything it promises to do. It has a really cool just feeling and aesthetic to it. The soundtrack is awesome, so you can just sit and listen if you want to. I, I think that that's a fair asking price for it. But this doesn't support online co-op, right? Um, that's an excellent question. <laughs> I don't think it has online co-op. But I, I don't believe I'm, so. I'm pretty sure that is correct, because I yeah. wanted to play this game with uh, Ill. Go figure. With the Super and Genesis <laughs> Wi-Fi. Yes. Right. If it goes on sale, I would definitely say pick it up. Especially you will if you have like fun with ups. this. Mm-hmm. If you like beat 'em ups, it's a great buy at eleven dollars. But if it goes on sale, definitely. Not. I guess the discussion for another day would be: Should developers try to make their achievements easier? Do you think they would get more sales? So, I think this is the type well, of that's game. That's a very different discussion. But yes, it's a very different true. discussion because I think less than a hundred people have it on TA, and I think word of mouth on achievements for achievement hunters gets more sales for these indie games. Right. There there are very few of these idea at Xbox games that get to break the mold and really generate a bunch of sales because they're awesome. Most of the better tracked ones are either part of game pass or they have particularly easy lists. How many uh, cups of coffee out of five? Five. (laughs) Let's go, let's go, let's go around, let's go around the table here. Uh, Foof gives it to five. L Michelle. You first, though. Um, I'm going to hold up the four fingers like Ric Flair and say, Woo! Four cups of coffee. Yeah, I'd agree with four. It's well worth it, for sure. That's a four from me. Mr. OMJ, man. final verdict. Foo-foo, man. This game is metal as if. It's five out of five. Yeah. <laughs> My man. Elroy can use some decaf, though. I'll Love it. say that. <laughs> is Kronos here? You have a, an opinion on this one? Did you get to play it? I'm here, but I haven't played it, so I can't give you any insight on it. Uh, I do like beat-em-ups, but uh, the the difficulty curve there scares me. I'm still having some difficulty mm-hmm. getting through um, Charlie Murder, so I'm not sure this is for me. Come to Baltimore, well, I'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Charlie Murder is a, a different beast because you have items and equipment. There, There's none of that in Coffee Crisis, other than the occasional power up it's very straight cool well we hope that you stuck around for that we we had fun and we hope that you enjoyed it so with that we're gonna get out of here and uh get on uhh so (laughs) any any parting thoughts anybody on the panel going once going twice buy coffee crisis Thank you, everybody. This was a lot of fun. I hope we do we it again soon. Dolphins. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Rawr. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.